This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's 2FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., we're delighted to welcome to this program Cheryl Chumley from The Washington Times, a prolific author, commentary writer, and the online editor for The Washington Times. She is also a licensed private investigator of Chumley Investigations, LLC, in Virginia. She's the author of the book, Socialists Don't Sleep, Christians Must Rise or America Will Fall. She has also written The Devil in D.C., Winning Back the Country from the Beast in Washington. Cheryl is the host of the bi-weekly podcast at The Washington Times called Bold and Blunt. Cheryl is a U.S. Army veteran. On this note, we welcome to America's Roundtable, Cheryl Chumley. A good morning and welcome, Cheryl. Welcome, Cheryl. Oh, hi, Joel. Hi, Natasha. It's so great to be back with you again. Thank you for having me. Indeed, Cheryl. As Natasha Sardos reminds us all, the legacies of socialism and communism, as witnessed in Eastern Europe, forced dependency on the state from cradle to the grave. It killed freedom, denied economic opportunity, and also fueled rampant corruption. And this past week, Daniel Hanninger, deputy editor of the Wall Street Journal's editorial page, wrote, I quote, President Biden's American Families Act makes one political reality officially clear. The Democratic Party has given up on the American dream. The Biden proposals coming as they do with the Democratic progressives rise to power, present the American people with a once-in-a-lifetime decision about what kind of country they want to live in for the next half century. This isn't about the culture wars or standard Keynesian stimulus spending. The Biden plan is about public policies that will redesign American society. The American Families Plan and other Democratic legislation implicitly pose several important questions. Is this the traditional American idea of upward mobility still important? If so, how should upward mobility happen through Washington, D.C. or individual effort? Indeed, should the habit of individual striving give way to a presumably more important goal of nationalized paternalism, unquote. Cheryl, over the years you have consistently warned Americans about the resurgence of Karl Marx's destructive ideology in America, Marxist socialism and communism. And through your recent pieces in the Washington Times, you have been informing us all fellow Americans about the policies which are putting an end to the American dream and ushering in a socialist nightmare. From your vantage point, will Biden's socialist agenda succeed, and how should America's citizens and voters respond when looking at a perilous future with socialist policies being pushed in the United States of America? 
Well, I have to say in a word to answer your first question about Joe Biden's plans to push socialism into America, if it'll succeed. Yes. And it'll largely succeed because of the shifts that have occurred over recent years and even over recent decades in the mindsets of American citizens. You know, we used to be a country that was based on rugged individualism. I remember the time just in my lifetime, um, and I'm not that old, where the idea of taking entitlements and dole outs from the government came with a little bit of embarrassment. People didn't want to be caught in the checkout line at the grocery store paying for their food with food stamps. And now it's a 180 in the opposite direction. It's basically that American citizens are conditioned to believe that government owes them things like food stamps. So that's a dramatic mind shift from rugged individualism to expectations that government should provide for you from cradle to grave, which is what Joe Biden is bringing forth in his American family plan, in his infrastructure ideas, calling infrastructure, which common sense will tell you is bridges and roadways and things like that, calling infrastructure things like uh, investing in families through free daycare with the, the air quotes around the word free, because of course that means taxpayer funded. And so what's happening in this country, which the Democrats under Joe Biden have successfully tapped into, is the expectation that no longer is it individual accountability and individual achievement that breeds success, but it's government handout and government dole outs and the level of government handout and dole outs that breeds success. And so that in itself is socialism. That is socialism, whether we call it that or not. And to answer your even more important second question, how American citizens should respond to that, those who know, those who recognize this as socialism and as totally uh, in conflict with our constitution and our form of limited government that founders gave us, those who are aware of what's going on need to fight. And specifically in my book that you talk about, um, Socialists Don't Sleep, Why Christians Must Rise or America Will Fall. This nation was built on Judeo-Christian principles, and that being the greatest asset in this country is that we recognize our rights come from God, not government. So if we want a long-term shift in this country back to the times where we believed that and we lived it, we actually lived out the concept of our rights coming from God, not government, we need Christians once again to put God at the helm in America, to bring God back to the public stage bring prayer back into the schools, fill the churches again with our children and our youth and teach them in the godly way to go because that's the long-term solution to keep our country rooted in democratic republic principles of limited government and to keep our big government nanny state fawning types at bay. Cheryl, you mentioned some very important points and the root cause problems with the America's mindset that shifted from the rugged individualism to the dependency on the government. And there is a vicious circle that we can observe because the United States of America is increasingly resembling and experiencing what you would endure living in a socialist communist country with the following manifestations. First, the erosion of the rule of law and protection of property rights. Second, media censorship and attacks on the freedom of speech. Third, undeterred monopolies disrupting the free market. Fourth, corruption in the government structures. And fifth, 
removal of Christianity and Judeo-Christian ethos from the public square as a threat to an omnipotent government. Cheryl, you mentioned that people have to rise, but we have to make sure that before the overall apathy sinks in, which happened in Eastern Europe, how do we get out of this vicious circle? That's the question, isn't it? I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. And there's nothing that you laid out in so far as describing what's taking place in America that I disagree with. This is where we're at, right? It's just one attack after another. Every force is attacking freedom, liberty, individualism, and ultimately God in this country. So where I draw my optimism from is that if you look at the Bible, consistently God works through the least likely source, right? It, because he wants the glory. If you look at Gideon, he weeded down Gideon's army until it got to just a few, till it looked impossible in human eyes. My viewpoint is that those who are aware, like you two, and like many of your listeners, like myself, need to stand strong, need to look at what you just described as the reality, and look at it and shrug our shoulders and say, so what? Because God is not done with America. And as long as I keep fighting for the principles that are godly and that are constitutional, then my side will win in the end. You're absolutely right. It looks impossible through human eyes. So the challenge for us is to continue the fight, seeing that it looks through human eyes as if we're losing, but also being aware and having faith in the fact that God will work through just the few remnant that he leaves to accomplish his will in the end. We are joined by Cheryl Chumley, the online opinion editor for The Washington Times. Cheryl, we just uh, witnessed Twitter and Facebook banning President Trump from their platforms in January 2021, while Twitter banned President Trump permanently and Facebook temporary. The temporary ban was just upheld this past week by Facebook. By suspending President Trump, Twitter and Facebook suspended over 74 million Americans who voted for President Trump and the people around the world who welcomed President Trump's leadership in building peace through America's strength and going after rogue states and communist China. If we just focus on America, 20 individuals on a so-called Facebook oversight board, which are representing a monopoly, decided that the opinion of over 74 million Americans does not matter. Cheryl, what are your thoughts about the next steps to deal with these monopolies and the next steps to uphold the U.S. Constitution's First Amendment, the freedom of speech? I think these tech giants have overstepped their bounds, and I think they're reaching rapidly the tipping point. When you have people like Elizabeth Warren come out and say that, yes, she agreed with Facebook's initial booting of Trump, but she doesn't agree that Trump should have been or should be booted permanently, that's a red flag to the tech giants that they are taking their powers too far. When you have people who don't agree with Donald Trump and actually hate what Donald Trump stands for, but still come forward and say, hey, these tech giants have gotten a little bit too big for their britches, and they are actually acting like they are government or more powerful than government, and something needs to be done. That's the red flag saying, look, tech giants, you've gone too far. And I've been slow to the game for having government curb tech giants because the social media companies, they're private market, right? And I don't like being a 
a private market supporting individual, a conservative, and calling for the government to regulate uh, private market companies. In my view, social media companies do have the right to boot whatever voices they want. But when they're out there pretending as if they are an open forum for all and taking Section 234 provisions, protecting them from lawsuits, and at the same time actively targeting conservative voices to stifle, they're taking their allowances and their privileges too far. And I had Senator Josh Hawley on my Bold and Blunt podcast this week to talk about his new book, The Big Tech, The Tyranny of Big Tech. And he actually convinced me that regarding these companies as monopolies and breaking them up as conservatives have done in the past for other companies that have been too big for their britches is the way to go. Senator Josh Hawley outlined that conservatives had a history with being reluctant to use monopoly powers to break up big companies. And at the same time, though, when these companies get too big, it's been conservatives who have pushed for the trust busting because when you have monopolies it creates a situation where it disallows it disincentivizes other people to get in the market so i think senator josh hawley's call for a monopoly crackdown on the big tech and on social media is to generate steam on capitol hill in the next year or so i think legislation is going to be discussed and possibly passed uh, regarding these social media monopolies We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable, Cheryl. Cheryl Chumley is the online opinion editor for The Washington Times, and we would encourage our listeners to check out her new book, Socialists Don't Sleep. Thank you, Cheryl. Oh, thank you both so much. God bless. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's two FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Adinsami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Serdorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org.